This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We had a great meeting uh, uh, a week or so ago uh, out at the Macon County Law Enforcement Training Center. Uh, or if you're one of the guys out there, you go, McClitzy, uh, because the acronyms are all that, right? Your world's that way. That's the way education is, right? Exactly. Okay. Uh, what did you think? Uh, you, you know, we only got to see a portion of it because it was a very cold day and we had planned on going around and seeing some of the other buildings. But it's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. I was just, I, there was no words for all the things that I saw. And just knowing how prepared our police officers are when they walk out that door every day. I love it. Yeah. Dr. Rochelle Clark is the superintendent of DPS 61, and there were a number of members of the community that were there. Which we'll have some fun stuff to, to report and talk about later, uh, but is, I think, an also an incredible resource for the community because yes. we don't do enough uh, conversation in life. You know, we point fingers, we scream at each other. I mean, this entire country just feels like it's just going to hell in a handbasket on everything. But I feel like here we're doing things a little differently and putting people in a room and talking about things and how it benefits the kids. And I think it's going to be fantastic. So I, I appreciate you uh, being there and, and uh, Ashley and, and, and the folks and thinking outside the box, right? We can't just keep doing the things we've been doing the way we've been doing it because it's not working. Especially if you want different results. Yes, right? <laughs> well, that, that Einstein gave you that definition a long time ago. Okay, so before we introduce Mr. Talley here, uh, walk me through the process of, of what you were thinking and staff were thinking about creating this new position. So, you know, we have a um, voice as, as actually a student voice that we meet with on a regular basis. And of course, we hear a lot of information from our staff, but I really wanted to pay attention to our students as well. And so in listening to them and the staff, we just sat down and said, OK, what can we do to just bring some community input, to bring somebody in that can not only work with the community, work with our students, work with administration? There was no um, second guessing. We need someone over security and safety so that we can help someone help have someone to help guide us through these processes. All right. So you worst case scenario in the world today, you see what happened in Texas and what's happened over and over and right. What you find out is maybe not bad people, but no plan. You, you know, I mean, things fall apart. The system doesn't work. Worst case scenario. When you think about, I'm sure your nightmare that keeps you up at night. When you think about school shootings and those kind of things, right. we go through COVID. Uh, I've talked to many of your principals. Uh, one of the driving things with security now, we talk about school fights. Now, first of all, you got to put that in context. I graduated from Eisenhower High School in 1984. There was a fight every day. Uh, you know, kids have been kids for a long time. But mm -hmm. you put COVID into that and people missing basically their junior high years and the socialization skills that they learn. And they're coming in as freshmen. You guys have a problem with that, yes. as does everybody. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, so what we need to do is figure out how to just um, – regain that positive climate and culture, you know, that we know we can um, have in our schools. So in order to do that, we have to start working outside the box as well. So that means getting the social and emotional aspect involved. We need mental health out here as well. Okay. So you create this position, uh, safety and security administrator. Yes. How do you define that? That is someone in our current security, making sure that they have the training that they need to de-escalate situations. Um, in case we have to do, and heaven forbid, an active shooter, making sure they're prepared for that, but also working with the Regional Office of Education to combine, vo to, 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 to combine forces 
in case we do have an active shooter in the building. So he's key in this role. Okay, uh, and that would be the introduction uh, that we were walking up to. Uh, uh, Mr. Talley uh, has uh, three decades of law enforcement experience. Uh, you're no stranger to Decatur, right? You were here for how long? Oh, uh, 27 years. Yeah, right. And uh, with the Illinois State Police, right? With the Illinois State Police. Uh, All right. And then walk us through what you've been doing until coming back for this position. Well, uh, once I retired out of Illinois State Police, I, I was promoted to a role as a chief of police for the village of Maywood, Illinois. Okay. I did that for just under uh, eight years and uh, uh, went ahead and retired out of that. And I was getting ready to transition home and I saw a position open. I said, hey, all right. You graduated from the FBI National Academy, uh, served as the bureau chief for the Illinois State Police, board member for the National Act Law Enforcement, uh, the Chicago Metropolitan Chapter, past president-elect of the Rotary Club. You've done all the community stuff. Uh, you've been in law enforcement a long time. I was just having this conversation with, with three retired law enforcement people yesterday. You know, we've lost something in community policing. You, you know, we've lost sort of relationships. Um, we've lost uh, sort of the ability to deal with each other in society at large, right? Uh, what's your philosophy on like, you, you know, I mean, you got... 7,000 plus kids, you got a whole bunch of staff. Uh, it, you know, it matters how people treat each other. It's not just one way. Absolutely. I think that it's, a, it's about a time for all of us to get together and do what we used to do uh, as adults. We need to start mentoring and enriching our children's lives to make them better and productive citizens. I, I was sharing this story uh, many, many, many years ago, a long time ago, uh, when I worked for the Decatur Park District as a young guy. Uh, I had the two public pools as part of my, um, which is part of the reason why I didn't continue with the Park District, because it was just a nightmare. And you go back to the early 90s, and this would have been your time. We don't, crime was unbelievably bad. I, I know the politicians will tell you crime now is the number one thing. It's not even close to what 1992 looked like, right? Right. And in Decatur, Illinois, we had the vice lords and we had the gangster disciples and uh, one of those groups would be on one end of Nelson Pool and the other group would be on the other end of Nelson Pool and you were just one wrong look away from everything going, you know, I mean, crazy, right? One of the things that we did that I'll never forget is we had all of these guys coming up from St. Louis and other areas to play football at Millican University. And Millican wanted to find a way to keep these kids here in Decatur for the summer, uh, you know, not going back to bad neighborhoods or getting in trouble. And we hired them as security, but they weren't really security. They just got to know people. You know, they walked the deck and got to know names the way police officers used to do in neighborhoods. And, and it quelled a lot of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, you know, just... Treating people like human beings. Exactly. There was a program that was called Operation Ceasefire that did just that. Uh, it was a great tool for law enforcement. It's where you had people who maybe were on their second chance, yeah. but would walk the community and they would they would say to people who were bad actors, hey, don't do this because I've already lived this life and this is what's going to happen to you. And it would just quell a lot of that unrest. And, and I, I feel like in a bureaucracy, and you got a lot of moving pieces. You got a lot of schools, you got a lot of teachers, you got a lot of people in the hallways, you got administrators that sometimes things escalate because we just don't talk to each other. That's right. Yep, I agree. So what do you, you're this role, what do you see? I mean, I know you're just, <laughs> it's not a fair question to you. I mean, you just literally arrived on the job, but what are you looking forward to trying to do? Well, I'm, I'm uh, looking to enrich kids through uh, programmatic. 
so that they get themselves involved in things. I think that when you keep kids involved in different type of activities, that uh, keeps them out of trouble. So that's one of the things. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm visible there. We uh, had a chance to go to Pershing School yesterday as one of the school visits, and I saw all the little young kids. And I was sharing with Superintendent uh, Clark that, uh, you know, I used to do that in Maywood with, uh, um, you know, the Speaker of the House, uh, Emmanuel Chris Welch. And I said, you know, he's a friend of mine. I hope to, you know, uh, solicit him to come and and go to Pershing School and and read with these kids as we did uh, with the uh, Dual Language Academy in Maywood. So uh, those are the type of things that I want to do. You start working with the younger kids uh, uh, to to let them see you and get to know you, and then you get the older kids involved in different type of programmatics that are beneficial for the community. All right, you, you see over 30 years in law enforcement. I mean, the roles have changed. I mean, it is very polarized now. Uh, and, you know, it used to be, I mean, we've always had bad actors. I mean, you have people that just break the law and do crime, right? And, and then... You had neighborhoods where people understood the, the differentiation of, of arresting somebody doing bad things and the police kind of trying to clean that up to now it's just us versus them, right? I, right. I mean, and I, I, I don't feel it's impossible to kind of get back to where it was, but that's going to involve a lot of conversation and a lot of listening on both sides. And, and you know, I'm glad you put that like that because that is one of the major major things that schools teach, listening skills. And yeah. that's what we have to do. We're not very good at it. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, it's, it, days you wake up and you feel like there's no hope. But I, I think there's a chance, and, and, and we've certainly, uh, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to go out to the Macon County Law Enforcement Training Center yet, but, you know, privately funded by the Howard G. Buffett Foundation. We're doing things a little different here. We're teaching uh, new cops a little differently here. We're teaching old cops a little differently here. There's a lot of opportunity to interact. And I think with what Dr. Morris is doing with the Jerry Dawson's, uh, you know, Civic Leadership Institute it is giving kids maybe a different exposure than what they've been told. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, one of the staff members uh, uh, with the district uh, said that she was going to uh, take me out there, make the arrangement. So I'm excited about going out and seeing it. Yeah, but I'm excited about our kids being able to be out there and experience that. You, you know, Nick has, has done the virtual training. Uh, you're familiar with the virtual training. Dr. Clark got a chance to see it. Well, you didn't really get to see it in action. Uh, but when you walk through you know, your eyes, 30 years of doing this in a scenario that you don't really have any danger of being hurt, but it does give you a different perspective of just how decisions get made or how things can escalate or de-escalate. And you're wearing a heart rate monitor. And, and, and I, I kid Tat all the time because Tat was uh, the first when we went through there. You remember Tat's heart rate got up like 160. And I'm like, somebody check. This guy. You know, uh, because it does give you a sense that it's not it's, this isn't TV. You know, what happens, you know, is sometimes incredibly scary and there aren't any really good choices. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's going to open up that conversation that we need as well. When we start taking our kids and taking our community members, our parents, I believe that conversation would then turn into a positive one. Well, that's the great thing about the experiences and, and what they're doing out there is community members and people being able to go through. You go through and you do the, the virtual training and then you sit in a room and talk about it afterwards. Yes. And I think the talking about it afterwards is probably the most important part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So the school year, uh, uh, we've, I guess it's been relatively quiet, right? I, I mean, I know there are people that think it's just a hellhole and every day it's just, you know, I mean, you're not ever going to, most of those people haven't been in a school in District 61 in 50 years, right? They don't have any kids there, grandkids there, they don't have attachments, so they just think it's just, just one thing. It's not. 
It's absolutely not. I'm glad you brought it up because we are getting ready to do principal for a day. So, oh, really? We yes. used to do that. That was fun. Yes. So if you're interested, reach out to Jeff Dace because he is basically overseeing this. Um, and it's from 8 to 11. I believe it's on the 26th, but don't quote me. Okay. Get in contact with Jeff Dace. It's dial 217-362-3011 and someone will be able to connect you. Um, so what I'm, are you looking to do with this? Well, basically, we're walking alongside the principals for that half uh, half day, basically going through her routine. You will get the opportunity to go in the classrooms, read with students. You may be able to interact with a few kids, you know, because they're doing things in the halls as well. Um, they're always in the classroom reading to the younger groups. You will have TV you to assist in the classroom and you just get the feel of what a great day it is to be in Decatur. And, and that is, I think, the context that people, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like I've lost a little. Our guy graduated, you know, last year from Eisenhower High School. So we had K through 12 experience daily with District 61. And our experience was fantastic. Yes. I, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was fantastic. And yes. I know that's not everybody's experience. You get thousands and thousands of kids and some have more struggles to deal with. But we had an incredible experience, but we also were there. Yes. And we had context. We didn't just read one bad story of something that happened with, you know, a handful of kids. We had the context of being there every day. Absolutely. And I think that's what people forget. You know, like you said, we have over 7,000 kids. You're not hearing about 7,000 negative stories. But every time you hear about one fight, it's that, that Decatur Public Schools is horrible. But when we tell you about all the great things our kids are doing, no one is talking about that. Right. And that should be the focus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's uh, an amazing thing. You lost a good one. Mr. Prangy's leaving. I'm, I'm, Dr. Yes. Clark, I'm upset. That guy was uh, amazing. You know, yeah. K through 12 uh, at John's Hill. See that big guy walking down the hallway with all those <laughs> little kids. And, but he's such a gentle giant. He is. And we're going to miss him. We wish him nothing but the best. But, you know, we are um, really promoting a lot of great staff members within DPS as well. We're growing our own. and But those that are seeing growth elsewhere, we want them to be successful. And we just keep saying, you know, it did start with us. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So, well, Val, welcome in any time uh, and, and any help we can do. I mean, it's a, you've got a big job ahead of you, uh, but I think it's a smart move. I, and I know, uh, you know, school shootings are like literally, I mean, that's worst case nightmare scenario. And, and I'm sure you watch this from, you know, afar like everybody else. Why is it that we feel like we still don't have plans for this? Uh, I believe that. You can never plan for everything, and uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, driving your car. You know, you get up in the morning, you make sure you're gassed up, you go check your tires and everything. And somebody T-bones you in an intersection. Yeah, exactly, I, I, because you can't plan for everything. But the best that you can do is you can create a plan of action, and then when it comes, you can do everything you can the best to make sure that things go right. Well, I think it's a smart move having somebody coordinating all this and, and thinking about a vision and a plan, and I'm sure it will be uh, well-received by everyone. And I think there's all kinds of opportunities ahead in this particular area. So I uh, appreciate both of you. Thank you for being here today, and uh, have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. You. Uh, you too. All right. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.